Hello and welcome to the Missing Peace Podcast. I'm your host Becca and my intention here is to inspire you to reconnect to yourself, realize the teacher you have within you and to bring more love, joy, peace, freedom, connection, basically all the good stuff into your life. Myself and guests cover topics from self-awareness, personal development and healing to nature, spirituality and all the fun esoteric stuff. I hope that by listening to the show, you are inspired to start or continue your own healing journey and to find your missing piece within. Hello everybody, welcome back. Today I have an interview to share with you from Kelly Peck, who is an earth intimacy facilitator and Reiki practitioner. And this episode was actually recorded before I took my break. And I've just re-listened to it now because I always want to re-listen and make sure that I can kind of record an intro that feels right and, you know, so I can get the show notes right and the title that feels good. So I've just done that now and honestly I've come off of listening to the conversation and I feel really grounded and really calm because Kelly really holds that energy and I think this really comes through the episode. We talk really all about nature, all about connecting to nature, reclaiming the word witch. So if you're somebody who, you know, you're on your healing journey, you're feeling very drawn to nature, you want to be in nature a lot, you know, the word witches may be coming up for you. Um, we talk about loads of different practices to use, but just also our own journeys of, of healing and what it can actually feel like on your own spiritual journey. So it's a very kind of um, open and honest conversation and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed listening back to everything that Kelly was sharing. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and if it is something that you do want to share and feel called to do, then please, please do so. I will link everything in the show notes to Kelly and if you'd like to send me a voice note about what you think about this episode, I really want to create this kind of sense of community here. So, um, so please get in touch if that feels good for you. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Ooh, and what I forgot to say was I absolutely love that there are birds tweeting all the way from Greece throughout most of the list, like the, the show. So oh, I just, if anything, thank you very much, Nature, for just shining upon us as we had this conversation. I hope you like that kind of feeling of the, you know, the outside world coming in as well. So yeah, enjoy. Hi Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here and to come from us from beautiful Greece as well. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Becca. I really appreciate you having me on your podcast and it's lovely to finally meet you after we've been speaking for such a long time online. Definitely, yeah, it's been a long time coming, but um, but it's an absolute pleasure to have you here as well. So so thank you for coming on. Um, and I would love it if you could just start by introducing yourself, um, a bit about your story, and I guess how you've got to where you are now. Yeah, of course. So um, my name is Kelly. I am a Reiki practitioner and earth intimacy facilitator um, and founder of Wildly Embodied. So my journey really started with um, travel, actually. That's how I kind of started out with everything. So about five years ago, my partner and I um, went on a quite a long trip for about a year. Um, and we came back from that trip having spent a lot of time with the natural world, out hiking in nature. And we both kind of said to each other, right, what do we want our lives to look like 
now that that's happened and where do we want to take things and we just got engaged as well so we're about to be married so it was like how do, how do we want our married life to look together and do, do we really want to go back to the way that things were for us before um, we kind of shaped our lives from there really so we set up our own online business from that really we had our own travel blog at the time which eventually turned into a business as well and we decided, because we could then take our work with us wherever we went, we would move into our van full-time, which we, we bought and moved into full-time. So we bought a motorhome, moved into that full-time, and that just deepened my connection, really, with the natural world, because I was just outside constantly, hiking, swimming, kayaking, just, just with nature, really, all the time. And then... About three years ago, I felt a shift, I suppose, like a huge shift in me. I was I began to be a lot more curious about nature and my connection to it and how things were formed. And more, more and more things started coming through to me from there, really. So I, I suppose primarily um, plants like plant communication so I would form like or I formed a deeper connection with trees and then different plants would come through and at the time it was all a bit like oh gosh what like you know what's what's kind of going on here I didn't really you know I'd not worked with anything like that so I didn't really understand it 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 just came to me um, because of the the pure amount of time I think I was spending outside Um, And then I just went with that really and started to explore it more. And then when we went into our first lockdown in the UK, I obviously became very still and grounded because I couldn't move around in my van and go anywhere. Um, And at the time we were on a piece of land in Sussex and we had loads of space to just like be on this land. The van was on there. We were like renting a a small office space from a family on this land basically. Um, But I just had loads of time to explore those things that were coming up a lot more. And because of that stillness, my intuition just kind of like kicked right in, really. Um, And there were just kind of loads and loads of like things that came flooding to me. I was like, oh, okay, this is what this means and this is what that's meant. And so I suppose from there, my, from that curiosity, really, I, I, started to practice more earth-based spirituality I suppose um I I don't really like to label myself as like you know like anything in particular really but I suppose essentially a lot of what I do is witchcraft really connection with the earth um and then as the lockdowns kind of continued in the UK we did move around a bit but find ourselves in places for like longer periods so I was able to form like a deeper connection to the earth and the places we were in and then we ended up in Cornwall which is one of my favourite places not only to travel to but spiritually in the world really so I I think that really deepened my connection even more and from there I it really became apparent to me that um, I, I wanted to change direction and use what I had learned to help others in their journey um, and further look into energetics, which is when I've trained as a Reiki practitioner. 
and yeah just just offer or not offer make known these gifts to the world really so that people understand um, how connected we are to nature and how integral it is to our um, sense of being I suppose Mm. and now I find myself exactly where I am (laughs) sorry that was a very long-winded way of describing it all to you No, no, absolutely. You want to hear it in all its um, all its glory there, really, because that's, I guess, where we see the process. I can see how you've been on your own journey there. And then through that, you're then able to share and um, make known, like you said, <laughs> um, these practices and help people this way. So can you explain a little bit more about, I know we talked, you don't necessarily like labels, I'm the same as you, <laughs> but we could talk a little bit more about um, what actually being an earth intimacy facilitator involves. And um, yeah, if you've got any kind of practices there that you think people could uh, potentially begin with in deepening that connection to nature. Yeah, so it, it just really involves encouraging others to form a deeper connection uh, with the earth, grounding with the earth, drawing from her energies, using the things that are available or or work, sorry, working with the things that are available to us, such as um, plants and crystals and herbs, etc., Um, So it's just a combination of all those things, really, and encouraging people to build a practice, really, that's built on their own personal values. So asking themselves what they may need and looking to the natural world for solutions, um, because I think we have become so disconnected from that and disconnected from our true nature and the the cycles that um, we naturally are born into so yeah it's re- it's really about bringing people back into those natural rhythms natural cycles mm, I love that yeah and I have to say that I've recently started to explore working with the lunar cycle and looking at yeah. the seasons I mean I'm very new to it but it already I already feel so much resonance there I feel like there is such a um a deeper connection to all that that I just feel like I just didn't even realize so just um like say if we want to start working with the cycles of nature could you explain a little bit more about what we're talking about there and how we um yeah can I guess start exploring this ourselves yeah so if we think of um nature really and how it it works it's it's circular so the seasons like you say uh, they're they're circular the lunar cycles are circular we very much live in a world that's linear, like the modern world's quite linear um, in terms of we work towards this and we achieve this or we do this at this age and this at this age and this at, we're supposed to be doing this at this time. Um, it's all very linear. So the patterns that were, I suppose, that are, were conditioned to believe are very linear, which pulls us out of that that kind of like circular nature really so for example in the in the winter time and I know this is something I used to struggle with quite a lot before I would feel bad in winter for wanting to um, rest or sleep more or just sit inside and cozy up for a little while um, because I'd always feel like oh my gosh I can't do that 
um, on the weekend, for example, when I was, you know, doing a nine till five job, because I need to make the most of my weekends and I need to be out doing things and I need to be doing this and I need to be doing that. But in fact, it's natural for us to rest in winter. Nature is resting. We are nature. And we are just trying to operate at that same speed through all the seasons. But when what happens when we honour the seasons, we honour that part of ourselves as well. So when it comes, when you come from winter, for example, and into spring, you've given your body and your mind and your soul the rest it needs. And you're able to spring into spring with a lot more vitality and just, yeah, just renewal inspiration so that's really what it means to work with the cycles of nature it's just to look to nature and say okay well where are we right now and how how can i be working working with this right now um, mm. rather than trying to force the opposite of what the natural world is doing yeah. really. i love that and did you you personally did you find it difficult to kind of give yourself the permission to do this you know living in this doing in this linear world or was it was it quite a natural process to get back into the natural cycles for you? Um, no, it's been a struggle. I think it's a lot of permission giving, and but it just repeatedly came up for me in different ways until I listened. Really, um, water's been like a huge, huge help for me in terms of bringing me back into um, flow and. Back to nature. So I would say when I grew up, I was really didn't have a great relationship with water in terms of like I didn't like swimming in the sea. I didn't really like swimming. I can swim, but I didn't really like swimming very much and stuff. But I would say during the lockdowns as well, I started cold water swimming, and that did something to me spiritually. It it was like hitting a massive reset button, like. Know, this this is what you're part of and this is how you flow and this is what we need to come back to now and from from the cold water swimming I explored more of like the healing benefits of water and different ways in which I could work with water spiritually um, and moved on to doing like some water fasts and and things like this and I do a lot of like intention setting with water but I would say sit for me personally since I've started working with water I've been able to just naturally move into those cycles even though I feel more in touch with the lunar cycles as well now um, and just everything seems to flow so I suppose just get, getting that flow at my core allowed me to get, get back into the cycles really yeah but, you know when we're born we're in those cycles aren't we we just yeah you know, as babies, we just sleep when we need to. We just do what we need to when we need to. It's only, um, yeah, as we grow and all, all the other stuff comes in that that kind of stops for us. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I'm I didn't tell you this before actually, but when I uh, signed up for your newsletter yesterday, I looked through um a couple of little exercises that you've got. One of your freebies, um, and one of them is a water intention setting one, isn't it? And uh, so I actually, funnily enough, as I was doing this, um, 
I was I was waiting, long story short, I was waiting for a phone call and I was getting a bit distracted. And then I've looked on your website, which is obviously a great thing to do. But in that moment, I should have been a little bit more grounded. And then I came across yeah. that and I thought, this is perfect. I need to do this because I had a cup of tea with me. Um, and yeah. so I, I did that practice and it brought me so much more grounding so much more of a connection to um well it also it really leads into kind of mindful drinking mindful eating as well for me so yeah. um would you mind just sharing that practice for people and uh, yeah the kind of benefits of it yeah of course so um what I tend to do is take um well it can just be hot or cold water it can be any any flavor really wouldn't recommend alcohol for it <laughs> so yeah just a vessel of water and a quiet space if you can find it but it can I mean it could be done in a, a noisier environment like an office or in a train station anything really um it's, but it's just you with your your vessel of water and you just take a hold of your whatever your water's in so we'll just say it's in a cup for example and you take it between your hands and just close your eyes and take a few deep cleansing breaths just in and out and then once you you feel a little bit more flow and you're kind of concentrating on your water you're there with your water you just take a look um, into your water and you can either close your eyes or keep them open and say silently to yourself or out loud um, just an intention into the water. So if you were starting your day, you can maybe um, set an intention for the day. If like you, you were just about to hop on a call, you could maybe set an intention for the call. Um, you can set an intention for something that might be happening next week, or next month. Um, just say that intention into the water and then slowly sip the water, thinking of the intention and just really take some time to be to be with that water, be with the intention, and just focus on the flow and rejuvenation that the water's bringing you as you're drinking it, along with your intention. And then when you finish the water, you just put it to one side, a few more deep cleansing breaths in and out. And it just provides a nice reset, I would say, and really makes you think about the life force that water is for us. Mm, um, yeah. Also, water holds memory. Hey, it's been scientifically proven that it, it holds memory. There's a lady actually. Um, I feel like her name, but maybe you could put it in the show notes if I've got this wrong. Is Veda Austin, and she. Um, does this thing with water where she puts it in a petri dish and she will have like thoughts into the water or say things into the water and then she freezes it for a set amount of time and brings it out and the water crystallizes and it, it clearly shows what has been said into into the water wow she is, her instagram account is absolutely fascinating she does it like every day and she posts these pictures of how the water changes form and then other people will share like what they've done. Um, I think that she sent an email like the other day and one lady had um, asked for a sign that her dad was still with her and his initials showed up in this frozen water. Wow. That's really cool. That is really cool. I'll definitely check out. Veda Austin, was it? I think so. Yeah. I feel like that. 
Yeah. I'll have a look when yeah. um yeah and I'll add that to the show notes anyways for anybody who's interested yeah. in that because I'm definitely interested in that so I'll find out yeah. what that account is and, and and that's the other thing is I think sometimes we you know thank you for sharing the the water intention practice there as yeah. well um yes. but I think there can be this um difficulty I don't know if you had this as well but I had of kind of when we have these very much these kind of the, the scientific the, the research minds but then part of us might be yeah. you know being called more to nature or called more like you said more into witchcraft and different things like that how do we kind of lean into the the trust of what we're feeling inside for that being drawn to nature when we're when we're told all these different things that you know some people listen to this and go well that's just a, a load of bull you know water doesn't have memory so how can we learn to listen to that calling inside of us or even if we're not if they're not got a calling but like how do we lean into it some more I would say just work with your intuition and trust yourself above anything so this is why I feel really um, uncomfortable if someone says to me, are you a Reiki healer? I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I'm not a Reiki healer. I'm a Reiki practitioner. So this is why I say the the energy that, or the energy technique that I use is a practice where the energy flows through me to the recipient. I set no intention for that recipient. I allow the energy to do what it does and it flows into the recipient and the recipient receives it and that's where the work is done. So the recipient is healing themselves right? or themselves sorry, with this. Um, so it's the same thing with your in, intuition and uh, other people's kind of perspective on things like it. I'm going to share certain things you're going to share certain things and it, some things may resonate and that's great if we can find connection community and purpose and and use these things um, within our own lives but I think the most important thing to do is listen to yourself if something doesn't feel right just because it's worked for me it doesn't mean to say it will work for you um, and yeah the same thing you you are your own healer what I'm providing and the same thing with you Becca really like what you're providing for people they're only they're tools aren't they and and things that we've learned and processes that we've been through that we're sharing to help inspire other people's journeys um so it's that really it's just about trusting yourself um and the more quiet you get the more time you spend with nature the more able you are to tap into your intuition and just notice those subtle signs in your body. And when that becomes a lot stronger, the, the logical mind doesn't, it will still ask you for the answers, but you're able to work. Because I think that's another important thing to remember. We're not trying to push the logical mind away. It's a very useful and protective tool for us. Um, but we're able to work with it um, and find balance. Um, and and honor they all parts of ourselves in that sense mm, thank you for that yeah and uh, for sharing as well a way of kind of connecting to our intuition through stillness through nature and learning to listen to ourselves because I mean I imagine a lot of us have I guess grown up and learned that that's not something we do we don't practice listening to ourselves we practice someone else telling us what we can do or someone yeah. else educating us so being able to come back to ourselves, it's um yeah it's not always that easy but it's um it's it's just so beautiful isn't it 
yeah yeah definitely um so I wanted to just kind of go back a little bit and I know you mentioned witchcraft um and I wanted to speak to to the term witch because I know there are people out there and I know myself I've been on my own journey maybe you have as well of learning to reclaim the term because I know that I felt so cringe when I first heard people saying that they were a witch were you the same yeah and then I when I realized so I but I openly say it to people now like people I just that I meet that say oh what do you do and I'm well essentially what what I practice is witchcraft I used to be so uncomfortable even saying that like oh gosh you know yeah Um, so where is this from which burned out of us wasn't it literally ancestrally um so I suppose there's so much collective trauma and fear that we hold on to because of that mm-hmm. um but it maybe stems from what no it I, it it stems from that I think it stems from worrying what other people are going to think of you because you're yeah you're I suppose in a way you're like claiming you're this thing of the past because witches aren't you know a thing of the past but they're not we're, we're still present in um in community nowadays and I think that's why social media is beautiful because it, it's kind of given us this um place where we can all come together and share things um but yeah I th- certainly think when you 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 first start exploring it it seems something that's not tangible mm. or real maybe um but then you get I don't know if you got this you get that sense of knowing mm-hmm and then the power and the fierceness comes with that. Yeah. And there's no dulling it down afterwards, I don't think. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've ignited this inside of me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So um, how? what does being a witch mean to you? Like, what do you mean when you're saying that you're a witch or you're a nature witch? What, what does that really mean? It just means being in deeper relationship and connection with the earth to me to be honest it means going back to old ways of being and living to how we are in my opinion naturally supposed to live so that's really what it means to me yeah and, it, and I suppose as well on a on a more personal as opposed to collective level it means reclaiming my personal power mm. really yeah Just, yeah so yeah. it represents all of that for you as well would, would you say then that we are we are all witches and, and can also can males be witches as well yeah of course yeah, yeah. Because I think there's this whole misconception sometimes that you, yeah, you have to be um, female presenting mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be a witch. Um, however, we all have, whether we are male or female presenting or in another way presenting, we have masculine and feminine parts of ourselves. So yeah, some people who are male presenting will tap into those parts of themselves more mm. and therefore identify with uh, identify with the witch within themselves mm. so we, we all have like layers and lots of aspects to ourselves and I think m- many of those will lie dormant 
perhaps throughout our whole lives and only some of some of them in this lifetime we may tap into um but yeah I certainly think yeah yeah there's witch in, there's witch in everyone yeah innate innate thing isn't it so yeah I I I do I agree and like I said this journey is quite new to me but similar to you as well it does it feels like I'm claiming my power again it's coming back into just that deeper connection to myself and everything that I can that I am and I'm I'm capable of and are doing and um in that itself you know even that in itself is a positive isn't it so uh you know there's nothing really negative that can come from the term as much as which can be painted as something quite negative or we've got that stereotype that that is a bit negative there so um so yeah I'm glad I'm glad that you speak to that and I'm gonna aim myself to start saying witch and and calling myself witch and, and working more with these practices so how was that in the beginning for you what were the kind of I know you talked about plants and um, crystals, but how did you start that? So say someone's listening, how can we actually start to, you know, connect more to plants, to herbs, to crystals? Where would you advise beginning? Um, so I would say for me, a lot of stuff came through um, visually, but that will, it, it will look and feel different for everybody, really. I would say that journaling is a huge, huge help because when you start out, and well, even now, it, it it's a bit of a minefield, really. Like lots of stuff will come up, and when you haven't fully formed um, your own understanding or relationship with it, or maybe you know, like you and I have now um, claimed our kind of witch titles. Um, but when it's just coming up, and you're kind of like drawn to look at it, but not at so much of a deeper level I suppose just having a journal down just writing um things down as and when they come up allows you to look back on it and join it all up so I have like different journals for different things but I think that's just the Virgo in me (laughs) I'm the same journal a dream journal a, a you know an everyday journal um but it's really useful in that sense because for example like daisy is a flower that um i've worked with quite a lot and it will come a lot to me in dreams and it's only last year that i did a plant workshop and it came up and i communicated um, with it quite a lot more so a lot more came up in that for me and and it was at that point where I was like oh gosh this flower's been with me for for ages now really and I was able to go back and look at the notes and it joined it all up for me but if I were to try to get into my head to understand that it would have been a lot more difficult and then that's when the doubt creeps in I think and you start to not trust yourself but if you've written it all down you're like oh yeah remember that happening at this point and that happening and it kind of joins with the dots for you Mm. so yeah I would say however it is showing up so I know that like I have some friends that numbers will show up for them or people will yeah hear things or feel things more see things so however it's coming through really having a journal is really really helpful Mm, no that's that's a really good idea and it's so interesting you mentioned about daisy because it's been the same for me with daisies as um really yeah like more recently and again i this is before i started writing it down which is why i totally agree that journaling is such a good way of doing it because i can't remember all of the experiences and and even if you look back and even if you're not joining the dots it's so just it's like fun to look back isn't it and go wow look at all those those things coming together but 
I remember when, when Daisy started coming to me more recently, I remembered back to when I was about 14 or 15 and I got a really, I think I did like, I don't know, it could have been one of those little quizzes that you got in the magazines we all read, you know, when you were younger. I don't know what, yeah, I can't quite remember what it was, but um, the, the question was something on the, along the lines of someone who's important in your life, like a, like a kind of a guide, a spirit guide potentially. And the term yeah. Daisy came to me. And I remember this clearly because there was a Daisy in my year and I didn't really like her. And I was like, she can't yeah. be my, my like, I think it was angel actually. And she can't be like an angel to me. And then more recently Daisy came back and I was like, wow, was that communicating to me all those yeah. years ago? And so actually leaning into all this, it's just such a beautiful process of and it actually just kind of makes life really quite fun and alive doesn't it yeah 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 because you're like that flower's been with me since I was a child and you realize yeah it jo- it joins together yeah I also think that um sometimes it's a lot easier to tap into those memories from years ago rather than something that would have happened like you know a few months ago that's why the recent stuff is is good to journal because I think once you've got all that down it that older stuff comes back in a lot easier because it's like oh remember me as well I was there yeah (laughs) like you're triggering it and you're focusing on it more so more of the yeah the past signs and communications come through as well yeah yeah love that and then I know you mentioned part way through you were just saying before then um about you know we're kind of sometimes we're going along and we're figuring out our journey and we know we're figuring out reclaiming which for example but I know that you um we were talking recently about an experience that before the podcast, an experience that you've been having recently that you're that you're kind of part way through from a breath work. Would you be able to share a little bit more about about that experience? Yeah, of course. So um, I recently went to an event in Hamburg. It was called um, Reboot. So it's a mindfulness, um, wellness, and creativity event for content creators. Um, and a friend of mine, Shauna Fallon, was doing a conscious connected breath work session there. So I have done quite a lot of breath work before, but the specific type of breath work that Shauna facilitates, I hadn't tried. Um, so I took part in this the breath work session, and I must admit, initially, when we first went through the breathing technique that we were going to lie on the floor to do for 45 minutes, I was thinking to myself, how am I going to breathe like this for 45 minutes? Because I can't do it for 45 seconds. And I was like, just sat there thinking, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to do But this happens a lot with spiritual work, Kay. It's, you know, I think when you get to the end of it and you've done it, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, I did this breathwork session for 45 minutes and it was great. But the beginning of it was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Shauna's like just fabulous and she was you know, really held the space for everybody there and helped us to feel um, like safe and not judged. And so, but because of Shauna and her presence, I was like, oh, well, do you know what? If I can't do it, it'll be fine because nothing's going to happen. So I'll just lay here and try. So I tried and I struggled for maybe like the first five minutes, I would say were really difficult. And then it started to get easier. And then I realised, oh, I'm just doing this breath thing. And I'm not really thinking about it. It's just happening. So this breath is flowing through me. And um, as I started to relax into it, I started to um, drift off a lot more. So I, it 
felt as though I was coming the top half of my body. So the bottom half was still there, but the top half was kind of leaving my body. So I don't, it, like, it's like my spirit was like cut in half and then it was coming out in half form, wow. which was, I've never experienced that before. Um, I've had out of body stuff, but not half an out of body. <laughs> so that the top half of my body was leaving and then it was just zooming back in. So it was almost like I was drifting and then awake, then drifting, then awake. So this kept happening and happening and happening. And then as I get a lot of visuals, I started to get some visual stuff coming through. So I at first got a big neon pink light with the words, the end. Ooh. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well... I often see stuff that I could freak out at, so let's not freak out at this. <laughs> so I just kind of observed the light and thought, hmm, interesting. I, I don't know what this is referring to. Um, and then the next thing that happened was this fire-breathing dragon was blowing fire into my belly. And my whole body was, like, just hot, on fire, alive, and the rest of the breathwork experience was that with this dragon present. Um, and then when Shauna closed the session and we wound down, um, I literally burst into complete like tears. I was shaking at the very end. Um, and my throat chakra, oh, I forgot to say, so before the um, session, I set an intention to clear my throat chakra. Um, because as I'm moving more and more into um, my practice and the work that I'm doing and what I'm offering, one of my intentions is to live wholly and completely in and speak my truth. And my throat chakra has been blocked for quite some time. So as we came out of this session and I was crying, I felt the biggest release from my throat chakra. It was like um, I was gargling water and it had all just like, like a volcano, like, come out so I was like oh okay I guess that's a fruit chakra has now released um and it was kind of very like dislodging but it just all felt so beautiful at the same time um so I got got to the end of this session after you know all the emotion of it and everything and I we we shared in the group the things that had happened and Often with things like this with me, and uh, and I think this is like a really important um, thing to remember, is things come up and I literally am like, well, I don't know what that meant. I don't have a clue. I'm so confused right now. Why is there a pink neon light, a fire-breathing dragon and a volcano in my throat? You know, so the logical mind in me would have pushed that away meant like some time ago, but what I tend to do now and what I did with that was just kind of sat with it, witnessed it, noticed it and said, okay, well, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to become apparent. Um, And I've just kind of been thinking a little bit more about dragon energy recently and dragon as a spirit animal. But a couple of nights ago, so, so since then I've been moving around a lot and I got to Greece like a week ago. So a couple of nights ago I was asleep and having that, I'm more grounded here now. And I woke up at like 1.30 and had this huge urge to look at dragon as a spirit animal, fire dragon energy, etc., etc. Um, and apparently 
dragon is a very powerful spirit animal um, that shows up in your life when a kind of like profound change is about to happen. Um, so it's all about like, it's very transformative energy, but it's not um, something was the message I was getting when I was reading it. So I think when you read messages as well, you'll get what you, you need to draw from it. Um, so what I was getting when I was reading it was that um, working with its energy won't be a quick process. It will be like a long drawn out process. Um, and then it took me to this blog post where it suggested meditating in a cave to form a deeper connection to dragon energy. So that is kind of where I'm at with it right now. So <laughs> my next step is to find a cave around here somewhere with the intention of going and meditating on dragon energy. Wow. And then we'll see what unfolds from there, really. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that experience and to speak into, you know, just this idea we don't always have any idea yeah. what something might mean and it's no. then just joining we've joined the dots up some point maybe but it's as though you're like now following what comes next so you 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 wake up with the in the middle of the night you google it and then it's about meditating in a cave so then you're going to do that next and and you know it's just exploring it so it isn't I think sometimes when we start on these spiritual journeys we think that all of a sudden we're just like in this positive light and that's all yeah. we do and we sort of float around but it's good to hear that it isn't just all about that is it it's no. about you're still a human being you still have all these different kind of emotions within you as well but then connecting yeah. to that spiritual side it's a it's a process and it doesn't always make sense in the way that we think with our logical minds no no definitely not and I think what you said there about us still being human beings so the next morning after I'd woken up after knowing that I needed to meditate in a cave, I had to work. <laughs> I couldn't just go and find a cave to meditate in. Um, so that is my intention over the next few weeks to try to make that happen. Um, so, yeah, and I think there's that as well. Is there's It it will unfold as, as it does. I have found actually a really useful um, thing for me when I'm working with specific spirit animals is to just and I haven't done this with dragon yet so this is just reminded me actually it's just to save a, a um, screensaver on my phone of the animal oh. and it's that's a way of it always being there with me so yeah. I tend to do that when I'm working with the animal at the time that's a good idea yeah because it's dead easy to we can have these experiences and it's dead easy that when we go back to what is our um in inverted commas the normality of like the general routine that we have to forget it isn't it so it's like do the journaling save stuff on like the background on your phone just keep that connection as you go through your the, the life and because we've all got these different routines and we have to make it I guess kind of um something that we can sustain and something that we can connect to yeah. within our actual lives right yeah 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 so I think it's that grounded approach to spirituality really it's tapping into those other realms and energies and messages but in my opinion if we don't use them as humans in this in the on the earth and for the earth then it's, it's kind of a bit fruitless really because the we are humans having a human experience at this time for a reason. <laughs> um, and I mean, yeah. 
I think it's very easy for me to say that because I'm pure, and I think you are as well, Becca, aren't you? Pure earth sign. So I feel, um, yeah, for me to be grounded in my practice is, is quite natural for me, but also very important. So, yeah. I'm, yeah, definitely, definitely agree. Yeah, we've, we've both got a lot of earth in us as well. So have you got any suggestions for people who would maybe be of the other signs of fire, water and air? Have you got any suggestions for people who may... Um, like should they be working more with that energy if you're say an air sign or should you still be trying to, like us as well as, as earth signs should we still be trying to work with them all and um ensuring that we're bringing all of those elements in yeah I think um working with each other as well because that's why I think that so obviously being very earthy can put me on the more I suppose like serious and logical side sometimes so that and that's where like working with water or being with people who are like water signs really helps me to just flow um a lot more so I think it is just finding that kind of energy between um all of the elements really so that we can yeah bring bring those like higher energies in um to to work with with the earth and with ourselves and with each other um, and I think that ultimately just yeah warms more interconnectedness really yeah yeah that's it I, I really like that it's this idea that we're all connected but like you, you mentioned just earlier as well it's that we are a human being having human experience and or a spiritual being having a human experience so it's yeah. as though it's ensuring that we don't forget that we still have a mind and this is all important for us as well we still have a body to explore it with but at the same time we are still all connected to to all that is and we were still a part of nature as yeah. well yeah yeah definitely yeah. I love that yes. um yeah sorry go on <laughs> no it's not the easiest thing to navigate sometimes is it no no that's <laughs> it and 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 this is the thing I think we do we start these journeys and they're not always well they're not linear because they're they're, no. they're cyclical anyways <laughs> but yeah. um but but yeah it's that idea that we think that probably because we're still in that logic mind, I guess, aren't we? We're kind of like, well, there'll be an end result and it'll come quite quickly and I'll get yeah. it and it'll just kind of go in a straight line. But it, it isn't like that, is it? No. And I think I was having a conversation with my best friend, actually, because um, we do a lot of um, kind of like witchy ceremonies and stuff together. And we were saying, oh gosh, the, the thought actually that you might even not figure out in this lifetime or you you know stuff's coming up from for you from other lifetimes so that whole linear thing of like we need to have it all figured out well that we're looking at that just in this lifetime but if you look at it like spanning across lifetimes it's mind-blowing really you know yeah it, that and I think when you come to that realization you kind of relax a bit more and think well you know might happen in this lifetime, might happen in 20 lifetimes, you know, might, th these things are coming back up for a reason. So I think, yeah, just kind of going easy on yourself and realising that we, we do carry a lot of stuff, really. Um, and it might not even be from anything that we um, have experienced in this lifetime or that we remember. So, mm. So, yeah, when we're trying to get to a certain thing and achieve things, if we can just give ourselves that grace, really, it, it does help yeah. a lot. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely. So yeah, so just to go to go back, um, back a step, and we were talking about Hamburg and talking about the reboot that you were at as well. I know there are a couple of other events there that um that were really that were really powerful for you as well. And is this an event that is um annually something that I would really like to go to? Yeah, so it's um a community that I'm part of called Traverse Events. So I mentioned before that I had a, a travel blog. That's how kind of everything started out for me. Um, and Traverse Events put on events for um, content creators. So anyone that's has, has got like a travel blog, a YouTube channel, um, just basically digital nomads working online or, pe- or people that are working um, even full-time jobs and have travel blogs and, and things like this really so they put on a, events for people various locations around the world so my husband Adam and I went to one in Trento back in 2019 um, and it was the first time we met the community in real life it's absolutely amazing and it's a really good way to like come together with people who are, who are doing a, a very similar thing to you and learn from one another um, so it's set up in um, sessions, really, over the um, weekend. Normally, they normally do the Saturday and Sunday sessions, um, and they have various sessions that you go in and you learn all about um, content creation and various aspects of it. Uh, they also have another event which is called uh, Keyframe, and that focuses primarily on video. And then this year they launched Reboot, um, based on the fact that. Um, a lot of people in the travel industry and content creation industry, um, their businesses have taken quite a, a dive, really, with COVID, etc. Um, so Reboot was um, created with the intention to um, re-energise and recharge people and give them some um, inspiration to create again. So Reboot was held in Hamburg, at the end of April and it was over four days with the two days being for the um, talks and um, sharing of knowledge really. So I hosted a a session there on grinding, healing and balancing your energy levels. And so the intention behind it was to give people kind of everyday practices that they can quickly, easily do within their day-to-day to bring their energy back and ground themselves and just re-energize themselves um, without having to sit down for like an hour and meditate or do a yoga session for an hour and a half um, because a lot of the people that were there are content creators and many of them live on the road and they're moving around a lot um, they have very busy lifestyles so it was to to help to help people um yeah bring their energy back um quite quickly and easily yeah no that's that's really good because you know that obviously it works for anyone I guess who really feels quite quite busy in life or they have a hectic schedule yes. would you be able to share any of them little practices now yeah of course um so we started the session actually with a bit of shaking um so literally stood up put some music on and danced danced around shook it all out to get the energy flowing um, I don't I know love doing that as well it's great isn't it shaking's just so like, good yeah, yeah because we forget as humans to do it so our our res- response um 
two things when things happen. So for example, if someone knocks on your front door and it makes you jump and you get really scared about it, um, that is no different within our nervous system than being confronted by a bear and having to brace yourself and get away from that situation. Um, Animals will to alleviate the tension and stress that is like built up in their body from these experiences they will shake afterwards to get get it all out of their bodies we just tend to go through a situation so you know a knock on the door which our nervous system um takes is the same thing as a, a bear attacking us and we just go oh well, that scared me i'm gonna get on with my day we we don't give that energy a second thought we don't give our body sometimes a second thought um, and as we move through our day we have things that might startle us or overwhelm us and the energy has been stuck every time that happens so shaking is a really great way just to signal to your body okay we're letting it out we're, keep, we're keeping it flowing um, the tension's kind of getting out of me right now so we started the session off with a, with a bit of shaking Um, And then I led into some uh, grinding practices. So literally standing with your um, feet on the floor. I mean, preferably if you can do this one um, on the earth with your shoes and socks off, it, it, it will be more beneficial for you. But you could be on the eighth floor of a building. Um, and just um, visualise this. So it's just really taking some time to stand, close your eyes if you can, a few deep breaths in and out, and just draw energy up from the earth through your body. And then with each breath out, you imagine the stagnant energy just coming out back into the earth. And what we're really using or doing that is using... um, earth and mother earth's energies as an anchor to renew and that's an energy source that is constantly and always available um, to us and that's something we can both of those things we can quickly and easily do throughout our day i mean standing up and shaking when you're in the middle of an office maybe not so much so maybe just like a little shake of the hands or (laughs) i do it a lot when i'm running actually i shake my hands out yeah yeah, I do the same as well, actually. It's like a kind of like that tension as you're going because it's as though you're, you're already creating the energy and it's ready to go. And then it's like, just give it a little shake and it kind of releases it that bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing them as well. And I like the, that both of them are something that is easily accessible to us all. Whatever we are and whatever we're doing, we can find a way of bringing these grounding practices into our everyday life which is which is really beautiful because like you said we can't always go out and spend an an hour or a few hours going out hiking it's it's bringing it into into our actual reality isn't it yeah yeah definitely definitely Mm. so it's um still maintaining a an energetic practice with the time that you have available to you Mm. it's what i found when i first started out in practice was that I was too rigid in my kind of planning of things I'd be like right okay today I need to sit down and I need and then it, it kind of it, it a takes the joy away from it b defeats the whole object of me trying to um energetically uh clear myself because I'm putting too much pressure on the time 
um, I need to give to that. So I think having these smaller practices that you can do day to day and then perhaps, you know, when, when you when you feel like it or you have more time, you can explore, you know, a couple of hours of doing something. It, it makes it more joyful um, yeah. and rigid and too structured, really. That's um, it's so interesting because I went through the same process and I wonder if it is something we do when we're kind of moving a bit more from, well, not more from our logical mind, but we're balancing more into that spiritual aspect where, and we're both Virgos as well. So we, we want to organize and plan a routine yeah. of grounding, a routine of being in nature where I must do this, this and that. And I remember doing like the 365 days of yoga last year, but I I think a lot of the time it you know I guess the whole, over the whole process of it if you can if you felt this as well but it was as though through doing this I realized when there were times that maybe what I was choosing wasn't necessarily beneficial and maybe like I was trying to squeeze in a yoga practice when it wasn't going to be quite the right thing I needed yeah. um so I wonder if that is that kind of unraveling and, and we, we're kind of connecting to ourselves a lot as we go would you say yeah definitely yeah it is very much and that's when your intuition will help you. But it's very much right listening to what your body needs in that time. So, I mean, some evenings I can go to bed and think to myself, oh, tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do an hour's Kundalini. And I'll wake up in the morning and I literally will be like, I really don't want to do that. I don't feel like it right now. I'd rather go out for a run or I would like to go out for a swim or I just don't want to do any of that at all. Um, and what I do now is just listen to that. And I think just yeah. u- using my body as the my my guide, really, I suppose, and just listening to what my body needs. I think we can so quickly and easily label ourselves as lazy when we don't do things. Um, yeah, but yeah, then, definitely. Yeah, what I tend to do when I start to fall into that lazy trap, I just think to myself, okay, well, what have I done over the past week? And then normally, if I tot it all up, I'm like, wow, I went for a run, I've been for a swim, I've been for a half-day hike. I've, and then when when I start to look at what I've done in the past week, I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> you're not lazy, you just need to rest now, that's it. Um, so yeah, I think just trying to flip the thinking and just listening to your body a lot more, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that kind of reflection, like you said, of you looking over your last week or even the last few days, whatever it is, to then actually think, well, look what I have achieved, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, let's appreciate what I have done. And let's understand why maybe my body wants some rest now or if we don't understand just listen to it learning to yeah. listen to it and it's again I guess like you talked about you, your intuition comes in more and more the more you trust it and the more you listen to it and what your body's asking for yeah. so um yeah I think we've both been on very similar journeys in that way <laughs> yeah 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 definitely and do, do you I don't know if you ever find this Becca but sometimes like my intuition pops in and says something and I'm think oh no really yeah and then it comes again, like, yeah, we're doing this. And I'm like, oh, and it, like, literally, I don't even, but it, when you get to the point where you trust it, even when you're like, oh, it seems a bit like I don't really want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think that's really good to speak to that as well, because 
again I think people might listen and go well you just feel really connected to your intuition and that's just that and it's like well actually sometimes I I don't want it to be that sometimes yeah. when it's saying I, I don't want to listen to and sometimes I'm like is that my is that my ego or is that my yeah. my you know my intuition and it's kind of like it is a journey of over time I guess you get more connected to it right yeah yeah um and again I think the body is the signal of that so I know mm. if, I've, if I've had the a the feeling or sensation without the thought and then it comes back again that's definitely my intuition whereas if it's yeah. only you know the whole like ego thing if it's just a consistent thought I'm like oh that's probably my ego trying to chime in and do something here posing as my intuition <laughs> yeah yeah as though it keeps coming yeah it comes yeah. back or it can come back from kind of can feel a bit um sometimes a bit like fearful negative would that be the right way to describe it and it doesn't feel like it's coming from the right place in a way you sort of start to become a bit more attuned to that don't you yeah you do it's like a bit nagging like no come on we need to do this we need to do this and it's like oh so red flag yeah yeah. definitely I'm always like thank you ego but no (laughs) yeah that's it it's like a how how have you found that in terms of leaning into that self-kindness when when things haven't quite gone the way you want them to go or you know you you really want to move and your body's telling you to rest how are you leaning into kindness there I suppose just being empathetic towards myself really this is something else actually that was covered when I was at Reboot in Hamburg um Mm was developing empathy like for ourselves and others but I think um we I think maybe we consider empathy as something we have for other people but sometimes we observe our own like thoughts and feelings and aren't very empathetic towards uh, what's happening um so I think we can develop a bit more empathy towards ourselves um and try to understand and it seems really that seems quite abstract, doesn't it? But understand why we are feeling that way. Then we're able to be more kind to ourselves. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, becoming the observer in a way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the observer of yourself, I suppose, and just saying, well, okay, well, I I'm, I understand that I'm feeling like this right now. We maybe don't need to apply logic to it but just understand that the the feeling is the feeling and how we're feeling in our bodies is the way it is and just have empathy Mm. and then I think naturally lean into kindness because we soften with that empathy really definitely no that's um that's really yeah I, I fully resonate with that as well so um as we're wrapping up would you mind just sharing what it is that you've got an offer at the moment what it is that you're doing and I guess where people can find you all this will be linked in the show notes below yeah. but it'd be nice to hear it from you <laughs> yeah so I'm working away on something pretty magical in the background at the moment um so I'll be sharing that on my website soon um my website is newly launched you can find me at wildlyembodied.com so everything that I offer currently um is on there I have just set up my email list as well um so I share a range of um nature and anchored nature anchored energy techniques um kind of working with the cycles of nature um on my newsletter as well so that is where you can find that what i'm up to at the moment 
I'm just about to launch a blog as well, which will will cover a lot more of the work that I do. And um, I offer Reiki sessions uh, too, so one-to-one distance Reiki um, in person if I'm in your location, but I am probably not right now because I'm in Greece for a couple of months. <laughs> and oh, also, yeah, just, just myself as a space holder at events for, for speaking and things. And also, I'm very active on Instagram. Actually, I'm only active on Instagram at the moment. Um, so you can find me at wildly embodied and with an underscore at the end of it. Because those Instagram handles are hard to get hold of, aren't they? <laughs> they are, yeah. That's a really nice one, though. It's really very beautiful. So I think it very much, uh, yeah, it just encompasses the, the person that you are and everything you're doing. So it's a beautiful brand name to go down with the, with everything as well there. Oh, thank you, Becca. I'm really grateful for your kind kind words and for speaking to me today. It's been a pleasure to speak to you about everything. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know we've barely scratched the surface, so um, we didn't even touch on Reiki, but uh, but yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on here and I'll link everything in the show notes below for everybody. Okay, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if this resonated with you, I would be so grateful if you could share it and if you feel called to, to rate and review it. Thank you so much for helping with the growth of this show. Until next time.